Welcome to Creation Radio. I'm your host, Mike Riddle, the founder and president of Creation Training Initiative, or CTI. At CTI, we offer training courses to help Christians be able to defend their faith in Jesus Christ, Creator and Savior. We also offer these courses to help other Christians be able to teach about biblical creation and biblical apologetics. Well, today we're going to continue our session in the Basic Creation Training course. And in this course, we have five chapters. The first chapter deals with the Bible and time. Chapter two deals with the Genesis flood and the Tower of Babel. Chapter three deals with learning about biblical apologetics or learning how to defend our faith. Chapter four, very interesting chapter, dismantling the four pillars of evolution. And then chapter five, answering five or ten challenges. Now, we're going to continue with our previous session in chapter one. And today's lesson will be the days of creation. How long were those days of creation? Well, there seems to be an awful lot of controversy about the days and the lengths. Many Christians do not believe that God created in six little days. Other Christians might think he created in six days. So the controversy centers around in number one, the days of creation. Were they literal 24-hour period days or long ages? A second one, does it really matter what we believe about the days of creation? And a third one, does the Bible even give us enough information to determine the length of the days of creation? Now, in our analysis today, what we're going to have to do is go through two parts. Part one will be establishing the importance of the book of Genesis. That will be part one, establishing the importance of the book of Genesis. Now, why do we have to start there? Well, there are many Christians out there today that don't believe the book of Genesis, specifically the creation account, is even important to understand or know about. They say, just stick to the main doctrines. And secondly, we'll take a look at the word day in Genesis chapter 1 as given to us in the creation account. What were those days? So let's start with the importance of the book of Genesis. And to begin with, the book of Genesis is a book about beginnings. It talks about the beginning of space, time, and matter. The book of Genesis is the book about the beginning of all history. The first 11 chapters of Genesis, just the first 11 chapters of Genesis, cover over 2,000 years of earth history. That is about one-third of all history. The book of Genesis is the beginning of the heaven and the earth. The book of Genesis is the beginning of animal life, plant life, and human life. The book of Genesis is the beginning of nations. It is the beginning of languages. It is the beginning of agriculture. It is the beginning of music. It is the beginning of the plan of salvation by Jesus Christ. That makes it very important right there. It establishes the foundation for the plan of our salvation. Matter of fact, the first three chapters of Genesis. Now get this now. The first three chapters of Genesis are the reason the whole rest of the Bible had to take place. In other words, after Genesis chapter 3, the rest of the Bible is about God's plan of redemption. That makes this a very important book. And then Genesis is also the beginning of establishing a biblical worldview. In other words, without Genesis, we really don't have much of a Bible, do we? Now, let's go back to that word worldview. What is a worldview? Well, Albert Bayless, in his book, From Creation to the Cross, makes this statement. If we're going to learn about God from his activity, creation is the best place to start. 
It was and is the critical event for a person's worldview. Now again, what is a worldview? Now worldview comprises all our what we call our presuppositions or our starting points, what we assume to be true, our convictions and values, and how we use those to make sense of the world around us. It's kind of like wearing a pair of glasses and how we view the world and how we interpret everything we see around us. In other words, it's our foundation, our starting point. Now, we can turn to Matthew chapter 22, verse 37 to get a definition of a biblical worldview. And in Matthew 22, verse 37, we read this, And Jesus says unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and all thy mind. Now get that last one, mind. Many Christians are out there today giving their heart and soul over to God, but their mind is still entrenched in the world. And we could also add on to that Romans 12, 2. And we read this in Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. In other words, to have a biblical worldview, which starts in the book of Genesis, we're to think according to God's word, not according to the world. That is a biblical worldview. Matthew 22, verse 37. Therefore, the book of Genesis, we saw, was a very important book. It establishes the beginnings of everything, including the beginning of God's plan of redemption. The whole reason Jesus Christ had to go to the cross starts in the book of Genesis. So now let's go to part two. We've established the importance of the book of Genesis, but what about the days of creation? That's what we really want to focus on now. How long were those days of creation? Does it matter? Well, we're going to look at four possible outcomes for the days of creation. Number one, the days are literal 24-hour periods, which implies the earth is very young, only thousands of years old. Number two, the days of creation could be long ages, which would imply the earth is very old, millions to billions of years old. Outcome three, there's not enough information to determine the length of the days of creation. And number four, we have to look at this. Does it really matter what we believe about the days of creation? Maybe it doesn't matter. So in order to establish what these days actually mean, we're going to go to a word called hermeneutics. Hermeneutics, that's a big word. What does it mean? We're going to use those very rules. Now hermeneutics, what it means in Greek is interpretation, being able to interpret. Hermeneutics is a method how we understand language, how we interpret language. For the Bible, what it is, it's a method of understanding or interpreting Scripture. That's what we mean by hermeneutics. The rules, how we interpret written language, including the Bible. Now, the most important rule about hermeneutics is that the Bible should be interpreted literally where it is meant to be interpreted that way. Now, we understand there are parables, and there are figures of speech. But the biblical interpretation, literal interpretation means we are not to add to it or subtract from it. We look at the plain reading of God's word and we interpret it that way. Where it's meant to be taken literally, we take it literally. And we do not add any words into it, which includes outside opinions. Now, a second rule of hermeneutics 
is that we should take a word, a phrase, or a paragraph in the context it is used. Not adding opinions, not adding things in between the lines, but we have to look at the context a word or phrase is used to discover the intended meaning. Not somewhere else in the Bible, but where that word or phrase is used, we look at the full context to gather the intended meaning. So biblical hermeneutics is what we're going to use as our rule for interpreting God's word here. Now, a summary of what we mean by biblical hermeneutics can actually be found in 2 Timothy 2.15. In 2 Timothy 2.15, it kind of summarizes the whole idea of biblical hermeneutics when it says this, study to show ourselves approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. In other words, we are to study God's word to get the meaning and we're to handle it rightfully not add into it ideas from the world. Now, we start with God's Word and we use God's Word to understand it. So now, the word day. The Hebrew word for day is yom, Y-O-M. We're going to apply the principles or rules of hermeneutics to discover the meaning of the word day. Now, the word day in Hebrew, yom, can have different meanings. It can mean a portion of a day, such as the daylight portion of a day. It can also mean a 24-hour period, a literal day. Or it can mean some point in time, such as in the day of the Lord. Now, if a word can have so many different meanings, how do we know what it means when we read it? We must look at the context where the word is used to derive the intended meanings. For example, if we were to use the word ship in a military sense, the word ship, and if I said, we're going to ship out tomorrow. What kind of a vehicle are we going to be going on? Well, we have to look at the context. If we're in the Navy, we're talking about a sea vessel, a real ship. However, if I would say we're going to ship out tomorrow and we're in the Air Force, we might be implying that we're going to be going on an airplane. If we happen to be in the Army and we say we're shipping out, we might be saying we're going to take maybe a Jeep or a tank. Now, if we're in the Marine Corps and we're saying we're shipping out, that's pretty easy. We're walking. So we must look at the context a word is used to derive the intended meaning. So now let's go through seven evidences that will help us understand the meaning and the length of the days of creation. So evidence number one, day with a number. Now notice when we read through Genesis 1, we read this. First day, second day, third day, fourth day, fifth day, sixth day. Notice there's a number attached with the word day there in each case. Is that significant? Yes, it is. Because everywhere in the Old Testament, we see a number such as first or second or third with the word day. It only means a short period of time, a day. It never in the Old Testament implies or means a long period of time. So let's look at some examples of this, where we see a number used with the word day outside of the book of Genesis. How about Exodus 20, verse 10? And we read this in Exodus 20, verse 10. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Notice it says seventh day is the Sabbath. Now that means a little day. It cannot mean a long period of time. Then we turn to Leviticus chapter 13, verse 6, and it reads this way. And the priest shall look on him again 
the seventh day. Now that word day there, we have a number, seventh day. It does not mean a long period of time. It's very clear to understand that word day means a literal day. Then we go to Numbers chapter 10, verse 11, and we read this. It came to pass on the 20th day of the second month in the second year that the cloud was taken up from off the tabernacle of the testimony. Now in there we read 20th day. That word day there clearly and plainly means a day, not a long age. Now let's go to Joshua chapter 9, verse 17, and it reads, And the children of Israel journeyed and came under their cities on the third day. That cannot be a long period of time. Everywhere we see a number with the word day in the Old Testament, it always means a day, a short period of time. So that's evidence number one. Now let's go to evidence number two. And we see the phrase evening and morning or evening and morning first day, evening and morning second day, evening and morning third day. Everywhere in the Old Testament, we see the phrase evening and morning. It only means a day. Even the leading Hebrew lexicons and dictionaries all state that the word day in Genesis means a day. For example, one of the most popular Hebrew lexicons, the Brown Driver Briggs Hebrew lexicon states this, Yom, Day as defined by evening and morning, Genesis chapter 1, verse 5. But as one of the most popular Hebrew lexicons says the word day in Genesis means a literal day. So now we've had two evidences. A number of the word day means a day. When we see evening and morning, it only means a day. So let's go to our third evidence. Exodus 20, verse 11. Now let me ask a question here. Are the Ten Commandments still valuable? Are they still true? Can we really use them? Well, I believe they are. The Ten Commandments are still very credible today. We can read through them and they are good for every society. But how about this one? If you were to turn to the book of Exodus and read the Ten Commandments, do you really think you could understand them? Well, let's take a couple examples then. How about the commandment says, thou shall not steal? Does that really mean that, or is that open to our interpretation? Well, folks, if that's open to our interpretation, then there really is no law biblically against stealing because it's a matter of everybody's interpretation. So I believe when it says, thou shall not steal, it really means that. How about the commandment says, thou shall not murder? Well, I believe that also means that, and it's not a matter of our opinions. Now, another question. Who wrote these Ten Commandments? Well, the Bible tells us, God himself wrote these commandments on the stone tablets. So God wrote these down, and we can clearly understand them. Now let's go to the fourth commandment, Exodus 20, verse 11, where it states this. For in six days the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that is in them. This plainly reads, six days, and God wrote this down himself. Therefore, if we do not believe the days of creation in Genesis chapter 1 are literal days, then commandment number 4 does not mean what it literally says, and it is now open to our interpretation. Folks, if the fourth commandment is open to our interpretation, then what about the other nine commandments? Are they also open to our interpretation? See, we have been warned here in Psalm 11.3, if the foundations be destroyed, 
what can the righteous do? And folks, Genesis, as we have seen, is the foundation for the rest of the Bible. It is the foundation for almost every one of our Christian doctrines, including the very reason Jesus Christ had to go to the cross. See, as Christians, we should not even think about long ages. The real question we need to be asking as Christians is this. Why did God take so long as six little days to create everything? You see, we're trying to bring God down to our level too much. We're trying to hold him back. But the real question is, why did he take so long as six days? He could have done it in one second or six seconds. That's who our God is. We also have what we call a very practical God. And the answer is this, why he took so long as six days. He's a practical God. He says, work six, rest one. He showed us a physical model for how to live and work our lives. Work six, rest one. That's again why he took so long as six literal days. So there's three evidences now. A day with a number, evening and morning, and the Ten Commandments, Exodus 20, verse 11, commandment number four. So let's go to evidence number four now. And we find that in Genesis chapter 1, verse 14. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, God is giving us a clear distinction between a day, a season, and a year. Well, let's read Genesis 1, 14. And it reads this way. And God said, Let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. Right there in that one verse, we have a distinction between a day, a season, and a year as being different lengths of time. Now, if we wanted these days to be long ages, this is how Genesis 1 verse 14 might read. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide long ages of millions of years from the light and let them be for signs and for long ages of millions of years and years. It makes no sense. You see, we got to have to go back to hermeneutics where the Bible is meant to be read plainly. We should read it plainly and not add anything into it. So there are four evidences now. Let's go to evidence number five, the genealogies. Now we're looking at a very specific set of genealogies here. Genesis chapter 5, genealogies. Now, this is a very unique set of genealogies. It gives us a lot of information about the people. For example, it tells us when the person was born, when the next person in the timeline was born, how long they lived, and when they died. Now, I know a lot of people out there might be thinking, well, those genealogies, there could be missing names and gaps. Not in Genesis 5. It gives us all the information we need to determine if there's any missing names or gaps in there. And there are none. But you know what? When our God does something, He does it perfectly. It wouldn't matter if there's any missing names here. Because when we line these names up, these first names, what we see is this. Adam was living at the same time as Noah's father. And Noah was living at the same time as Abraham's father. In other words, their lifespans overlap. So it wouldn't make any difference if there's any names missing. So here's what we get when we add these time frames up. We know that the time from today back to Jesus Christ is about 2,000 years. We also know the time from Jesus Christ back to Abraham is about 2,000 years. So the only time in question now is from Abraham back to Adam. And the Bible also shows that in these genealogies that is about 2,000 years. 
We add all this up, folks. That gives us an age of about 6,000 years. That means these days have to be literal days and cannot be long ages. So there are five evidences. We had day with a number, evening and morning. We had commandment number four, for in six days the Lord made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all's in him. We had Genesis chapter 1, verse 14, where we had distinction between a day, a season, and a year. Then we had the genealogies in Genesis 5 showing that everything is very young. Now, people might come up and say about those genealogies, isn't it possible then there could have been millions of years before Adam and Eve came on board? And the answer has to be no. To get this information, we turn to the Gospel of Mark. Mark 10, verse 6. And Jesus Christ makes this statement. But from the beginning of the creation, God made them male and female. Now, what is Jesus Christ telling us here? Jesus is telling us man and woman, Adam and Eve here, were on this planet from the beginning of the creation and not after millions of years. So that means Jesus Christ believed in a very young earth which means these days cannot be long ages. Now let's go to our final evidence, evidence number seven. Call this Genesis and plants. When we look at the creation account, God created the plants on day three, and he made the sun on day four. Now think of this. If these days of creation were long periods of time, say millions of years each, what that would mean is we have millions of years of plants with no sunlight. Folks, that doesn't work very well scientifically. So, seven evidences gives us a plain understanding that these days of creation were not long ages, and they give us plain enough information to determine the meaning. And that meaning is, these days of creation were literal days. 24 hours. Let me read you some quotes, because the reason I do this is to let you know there are many, many scientists out there today that believe that God created everything in six literal days. Now these scientists come from all walks of science and many got their PhDs in secular universities. There are also many top leaders, theologians, and Hebrew scholars that believe in six literal days. So let me read you just a couple of quotes here. The first one comes from Professor James Barr, University of Oxford Hebrew scholar. Now he doesn't necessarily believe everything in the Bible, but this is what he has to say being a Hebrew scholar. Probably so far as I know, there is no professor of Hebrew or Old Testament at any world-class university who dares not believe that the writers of Genesis 1 through 11 intended to convey to the readers the ideas that creation took place in a series of six days, which are the same as the days of 24 hours we now experience. This is a Hebrew scholar saying it is plain to understand these days were days. Now, here's another Hebrew scholar, Dr. Stephen Boyd, who has his Ph.D. in Hebraic and Cognitive Studies. And he states this, The book of Genesis describes the supernatural, literal creation week with 24-hour days. Now, let me take another gentleman, Keith Wanzer, who has his Ph.D. in Condensed Matter Physics. And he states, I am convinced there's far more evidence for a recent six-day creation and a global flood than there is for an old earth and evolution. So there are theologians, Hebrew scholars, and many scientists that believe that God created everything in six literal days. Now we need to answer the last part. 
does it matter? Does it really matter if the days are short periods of time or long ages? Well, let me answer that by reading some scripture here. Romans 5.12. Go into the New Testament. Romans 5.12 reads this way. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Now, that, answers, that begs the question, which came first, death or sin? Well, why does that matter? Well, see, if we have long periods of time, if the days of creation were really long ages, we have long periods of time, we have to ask ourselves this question. What was going on for those long ages before Adam and Eve came on board? And the answer would have to be millions of years of death, decay, and disease, because that's what the fossil record is. It's a record of dead things. So a belief that the days were long ages includes the belief of death and decay before sin. Now that has great implications in our understanding of the character of God. Because if there was death before sin, that means sin is not the cause of death, and now we're blaming God for all the death and decay that goes on in the world. Folks, the Bible tells us in our biblical worldview, Matthew 22, verse 37, we are to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. In other words, we have to renew our minds, come back and take God's word as our authority, not man's wisdom. Then we have Genesis 1.31 where God finished his six days of creation, he looks back and declares his entire creation very good. Now, if we're believing those days of creation were long periods of time, then what did God just call very good? He just called millions of years of death, decay, and disease very good. Because that's what it means for long ages. Because that's, again, what the fossil record is. It's a record of dead things. That affects the very character of God when we start saying God called death and decay very good. Now, let me read you one more quote here. One more quote. And I think this is a very interesting quote because it has a lot to do with many of Christians out there. And this comes from Dr. David DeWitt, who has his PhD in neuroscience. Now listen what Dr. DeWitt has to say. And he states, like many Christians, I believe that God used evolution to create. And I also believed in billions of years. Then he states, one day I read Psalm 18, verse 30, and was struck by the words, The word of the Lord is flawless or perfect. The same is repeated in Psalm 12, verse 6, which I read the same day. The impact of those verses weighed very heavily on me as I cons considered the compromise with the word that I was trying to promote. If the word of the Lord is flawless or perfect, then who am I to depart from what is to be plainly read. If I cl claim to believe the Bible and that it is flawless, then I should believe every single word and not pick and choose. Many Christians, I believe, are in that same boat. See, we also see this in John 17, 17, where Jesus says, as he's praying, thy word is truth. Jesus believes every word in there. We also see it in 2 Timothy 3, 16, where it states, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all Scripture is God-breathed. So the question, how did death really come about? Is it sin or is it God? And I believe the Bible is very clear in here. It is because of sin. Now, 
If we can't defend the fact that God is the creator of all things, if we can't defend that, if we can't defend that God created everything in six little days, then how can we trust the rest of the Bible? And it goes even further, you see. If we allow our children the notion that the first part of the Bible, the creation account, doesn't really mean what it says, what kind of teaching are we doing for our children? We're opening the whole concept now that maybe other parts of the Bible are not true. Maybe Jonah really wasn't in the big fish for three days. Maybe Jesus wasn't in the grave for three days. Maybe people didn't live to be hundreds of years old as the Bible clearly teaches. Or maybe the Bible's just a book of stories. See, if we lay the foundation for our children that the beginning of the Bible doesn't mean what it says, we're opening it up to the rest of the Bible not also being true. So. How long were the days of creation? The Bible clearly teaches us through those seven evidences, they are literal days. Now, Creation Training Initiative. Our mission is to help others understand God's Word. We have training courses that will help you understand and defend God's Word. If you'd like to find out more about these courses or how to bring one of these courses to your church or location, such as our basic creation training course for teens and above, our advanced creation apologetics course, or our Christian teacher training course, you can go to our website, creationtraining.org. That's creationtraining.org, or you can contact us, email info at creationtraining.org. That's I-N-F-O, info at creationtraining.org. Next session. We're going to look at the counter-arguments to the days of creation. We'll look at things like the gap theory, 2 Peter 3.8, and other evidences people use to try and say the days of creation were not long ages. Now, we do need your support to do this. With these training courses, we're going all over the world to do these courses, and we need your support. Just a small sum of just $20 to $50 a month will help us equip this next generation to stand firm on their belief and trust in Jesus Christ as Creator and Savior. Thank you, and God bless you.